Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. It's your girl, Damio Shodi, and I am so happy that you tuned in to the Planter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. So today and for the next couple of weeks, I have a treat for you all. We're going to be having mini episodes. So you're going to come and sit down with me and my friends for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to be talking about, you know, changes that need to be made, um, especially in the church. I think you guys know about the Me Too hashtag that came out in November. And then following that, the Church Too hashtag. So um, this was recorded previously, but I felt that it was still important to come out with this conversation and talk about it and come up with solutions so, you know, sexual assault is not going to be something continuing in the church in 2018 and how we can just, you know, better handle the situations as a body. So yeah, um, come sit down with us. We're going to have a conversation. It's going to be in four parts. So for today, you're going to be listening to the first part of the conversation. Um, Before I close out, I just want to send my regards to all the families and loved ones who lost their children and, you know, wives and husbands in uh, the shooting that happened in Parkland, Florida. Um, That kind of hit really close to home. Well, not kind of, it did because I'm in Florida right now. And I don't know. I don't really know what to say. I just know that I'm really sorry. And I don't know. We got to change something about this laws because this is just absolutely bonkers crazy. But yeah, I'm really sorry to all the families and my prayers are out to you. And I pray that God comforts you in a way that surpasses all understanding, gives you hope and courage in this time period and just keeps you because I can only imagine how painful this is. So my heart goes out to you guys. But yeah, we're going to dive into the conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Planter Podcast and I'll speak to you in a few seconds. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. So we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. So today is going to be a topic that usually I don't necessarily discuss. It's, this is more of, how do I say, something that will help us take action um, in what's going on in churches today. So I'm not sure if you all have seen uh, the hashtag church2 on Instagram and on Twitter. But basically, people, especially women, um, are giving their accounts of sexual assault that happened to them at various ages and how the church handled those different assault issues. Different assault, how do I say issues issues there we go there we go so yeah uh it's not just me on the podcast it's actually my favorite people in the whole world so tell them who you are hi planners this is danica yes y'all that's my friend um other ones coming she's you know being an adult so she'll come on later but yeah, we just want to kind of deconstruct this and see how we can do better as a body of Christ because we are the representation of Christ on this earth. So 
we need to fix some things. So I'll pose the question to you first. Um, what is the issue that we're actually addressing today? Well, uh, this discussion started when we were just talking about a hashtag that was circulating in social media recently. Um, and the hashtag was church too, and it spoke about different incidents of sexual abuse in the church and the failure and the lack of care that was taken to respond adequately to these cases. Um, some of the stories and cases that were being um, circulated throughout social media were heart-wrenching, honestly, to me. Reading it, it was disgusting, it was appalling, and what made it disgusting was the fact that there was no proper w way that they were addressed amongst the church. Some of the incidents said that um, the victim themselves as a child was burdened with having to forgive their their assailant, assa uh, their assault, the person who assaulted them, because that's what Jesus would do. And as I sat there, I was like, that is a child. You are an adult. That's the burden that no child ever has to face, um, really, ever, truly. And it really shed a light on not only an issue that's been perpetuated in society, but, you know, churches being held at a different pedestal because the church is a community of faith. It's where you go to heal, you get solutions, and it's supposed to be, you know, righteous and pure. And for the church themselves to be seen in this light, it was very disheartening. I identify as a Christian, and this is something I don't think we should ever be silent about. Um, this is a problem that too often is very silent. No one ever talks about it. It's tabooed. And um, my initial thoughts about the situation was that this was a bleed over from the home and the people and our culture um, and how we address sexual abuse or sex, period. It's usually a taboo subject or topic. So people don't talk about it in whatever arena it's presented. But as Christians, we need to do better. So I think we really need to do something about how we as a community, as a church, as a body of Christ address this issue. Because this is just a symptom to a more deep-rooted issue. This is just the pot is boiling over. You can't hide this. You can't throw this under the rug any longer because this leads to other um issues in the future this is very it leads to other toxic you know situations for kids traumatic experiences for kids lead to you know traumatized adults so even even if we don't even go to that it's our um it's our role to protect our kids whichever arena it is so whenever there's a child in danger there needs to be a response. And right now, this is something in the church where it's the child, it's women, it's children, but we're focusing on women and children now. But either way, there needs to be a response from us. This is our duty as human beings and specifically more in the house of God. Exactly. As human beings. Because the thing is, like, I saw a lot of stuff, like a lot of stories. Like, for example, I'm going to share with you guys some of like the stories that people were saying like um what happened uh i guess this girl i think she was like 12 years old and her youth pastor raped her 
And you know what the solution that they thought was appropriate? They thought that it was best that, I guess, the the child and the wife of the freaking ass assaulter should pray together so she can so the child can ask the wife for forgiveness because she was so disappointed in the 12 year old girl or how about the um 13 year old girl who was raped in in her church parking lot by a 50 year old man and nobody did anything about that they still kept the man within the church I don't know, like to me, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I'm just like, do young girls not matter? Like, what is that? Because I'm like, do children not matter, especially young women? Like, and like they're, they're babies. Or let's talk about one young girl who shouted out in the congregation that this is the man who made my, like in her words, my pee pee hurt because she's a child. And the congregation told her to shut up that she's lying. Like, how does a child make that up? I know some kids can be, like, manipulative. Like, they, you know, they're smarter than what we think. But no, like, I work with kids. I see how much innocence they have. Like, they would, they would never think of something like that. They don't even know what sex is. They don't even know. All they know is this is my private part and, like, nobody should touch it. If Even if their parents teach them that. So it doesn't even make sense to me that the little girl would lie. I think for me, that's the part that makes me upset that so many stories and you guys can scroll through it that like people were accusing children that they were lying. And the, and the story that you were talking about, like um, she had to go and hug her um, abuser and say she forgives him. That's what the pastor told um, her to do. Right. To say, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgive that you. That's, that's what, what Jesus would do? Yeah. I'm like, Jesus flipped tables, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. I really feel like people be making Jesus look like a punk. As Jesus. the words of Juni. Jesus also doesn't rape the little kids. Like, you can know? we just say that, though? Can Jesus don't, like, he don't rape children. I think we like to use Jesus as an, um, as an example when it fits our own agenda. Um, we always want to make Jesus fit a certain role when it comes when it's more convenient for us. It's very convenient for people to say forgive, but it's really hard to address an issue when you really don't know how to address the issue. I think part of it of the problem is what you said. You know, I don't think, and it, oh, you know, it's probably gonna you know, people are gonna be like, wow, how could she say that? Um, I, I honestly don't think society values, and let me not say society, um, we're talking about the church. I don't think the church really values women's lives as much as they care about the status and the image of men in the church. I mean, we and can say that about a society too. We can, I, we can say it about society, but I just wanted to keep it within the church because specifically, I, um, that that's something that I just... If we're all a part of the body of Christ and we're all, you know, attempting to look and be more like him, there shouldn't be value placed more on one gender over the other. Um, but I honestly don't think that people in the church or we as a church as, as, as a whole value women's lives and their input and their, their, their place within the church. Um, and honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't think the church or people in the church period or people period know how to properly address something like that it's easy for someone to 
you know, turn a blind eye and, and not address an issue than to actually address an issue so complicated. And it's really not complicated. And um, you better believe I am not making the excuse because there is absolutely no excuse. And we're going to get to that later uh, um, to why the church does not address this issue. But I honestly don't think people know how to address it. So it's easier to be a cop out than to actually sit there and think of ways or and to actually call someone out on their on their crap per se. Um, but yeah, this is, I think, a deep-rooted misogynistic thing that the church has to work on. You know, people, it's easy for people to say, hey, women's lives value are as much valuable as men. It's easy to say that, but when it comes to the way you treat women, when it comes to instances such as sexual assault, there's nothing being done. It's it's not it's not true. Your actions are speaking louder than your words at the moment. And it's a very apparent situation with when it comes to how we address sexual assault in the church. Yep. I actually saw one story, um, going back to treating women. Um, I guess maybe this girl like started dating somebody in the church and he like physically abused her and sexually abused her. But I think the council or the pastors there told her, well, it's better to date somebody within the church than for you to date somebody outside, even though he assaulted her. So, like, what values are we teaching young women or women about, like, dating or about what is considered respectable? Is it only because a person is in the church that whatever they do is okay because they quote unquote know and love the Lord. You know? they're teaching, yeah. They're teaching women that their voice, their, their safety and their doesn't matter. Their voice doesn't matter because she spoke out, which is hard by the way to come and say, Hey, this person abused me. It's a very hard thing to do. And it's, and, and, Basically, they're silencing women and keeping them from being able to express themselves and feel safe. You know, church is supposed to be a safe haven where you go and you you seek protection and you seek healing and growth. And it's supposed to be a community of body of people um, aligned together to protect. But in this case, is just that response alone is just letting you know that women are not safe coming to the church Um to that particular church, because there are churches out there that would, you know, handle the situation well. But it's a cultural thing I see. It seems to be that the fact that that hashtag was able to pick up so much speed and so many people all over the world were able to um, relate to the hashtag and what it stood for shows that there is a cultural thing amongst the Christian church that we're not addressing the issue. I'm pretty sure other communities are suffering from the instance too, but it's just showing that we're really teaching women that, hey, you know, um, you need to be uh, it's just teaching women that they need to be the barrier of the burden all the time. Can we talk about that? <laughs> there is this thing. Yes, we can. Um, and I like to call it, you know, the yeah. purity or pure dating culture. And yeah, I just learned that purity culture. I saw yeah. that on Twitter. Yeah, purity culture. And it's a big umbrella that covers a lot of stuff. Mm. But basically, it's just this, this, this idea that, you know, women are the, 
I guess, sacrificial lamb in this case when it comes to dating. There is a burden for women to stay pure and be pure when it comes to Christian dating. And there's also this thing once they get married, oh wow, as wives, you are supposed to be there and, and you're supposed to be strong and uphold your your husband and, and, and your partner. And even outside the church, it could translate as that ride or die, a female who's there through thick and thin. But the thick and thin that they're describing are toxic behaviors, you know, things where men are cheating, they're beating them, um, they're, they're in prison for felonies that they honestly shouldn't have even got. But, you know, women are burdened with that. Oh, you have to stay and be there and be strong because if you don't, you're weak. You're not worthy. You're not a virtuous woman. And it, it and in a sense, it silence women from being able to um, express emotion in a healthy manner because now it's like, well, I can't do that because it's going to be wrong. Um, but and that going back to what you were saying about that instant, um, of, of how they address that, that situation. It's like, well, you know, you need to be submissive. You need to be the one that has to forgive. You need to be the one that has to demonstrate all these qualities of Christ or that Proverbs 31 woman, you know, but it's like, what, what about men? What, where do they get the, um, responsibility of making sure that they're upholding these pure virtuous oh, hold on I, sorry uh what's her name is calling in Can okay bring go. her in real quick oh hello yeah oh hi danica hey boo what's that <laughs> oh yeah okay so before you continue danica we have to introduce essie she just came in from adulting so hi essie introduce hey. yourself all right all right um hey folks my name is essie Fennelbang. um I'm Dami's friend. I'm also a community organizer with the Miami Worker Center. Hey. I don't know what else you wanted to say. I think that's good. You said enough. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, Danica was actually just talking about uh, purity culture. So basically, um, we're still on the idea of what is the issue we're addressing here. And Danica was talking about how we are not holding um, men accountable as much as we're holding women accountable to basically be so pure and to keep the family together and you know all the hoopla so she's gonna finish her what she's saying and then you can you know get your thoughts together and then comment on it too yes so I think you kind of like summarized what I was trying to say very well um it's just that we're not holding men accountable and this is just a piece of the bigger picture when it comes to the toxic um way the church handles sexual assault from women and children, period. Um, so I'm going to let Essie go into her thoughts, and then we can kind of build off of that from after we gather each and everyone's thoughts. Yeah, so Me Too campaign was one thing that came up based on the case, specific Hollywood case, um, that has been um, brought up, that has been hot, a hot topic. And then... Um, there has been other folks stepping to the plate, like Terry Crew is one of them. There's been so much folks that's stepping up and victims of sexual assault that has been speaking out and been talking about it. So it's created a lot of buzz, a lot of conversation. But then recently there was this hashtag church too, to also kind of piggyback off the campaign to bring awareness to sexual assault and to talk about how, how that even takes place in the church. Um, and I think more so how um, a lot of it is perpetuated within um, the Christian faith. Um, 
I would say it's a matter of rape culture. I mean, it's a matter of the fact that um, sexual assault and a lot of the things that perpetuate sexual assault and rape is perpetuated um, and is norm. And um, church is not, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not clean from it. Um, it happens in church all the time. Um, a lot of times when we talk about, just like she said, purity culture, when we talk about how we should dress to make sure that we're pure, it's always women. It's always talking about how women should look, how women should present themselves. When they talk about relationships and um, unions and marriage, it's always the focus on women, women, women. Um, and a lot of times the conversation of a consent is kind of weird too. And it's not often discussed and it's always off. It's, it's often overlooked too, um, in the church as well. And that plays a big role into how we talk about and how we, how, 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 um, sexual assault, um, takes place and how rape and other things take place within the church. And I think even with kids, um, I think recently this week, um, I had a friend, Rebecca, who, she wanted to do a, the teachers wanted to do a, a, a lesson on rape. And I suggested that she talks about consent. And one of the shocking things that she talked about when she tried to do the exercise with her students was the fact that um, a teacher came up to them and told them, hey, let me touch your breast. And she just said yes, um, even though she knew it was wrong, but mainly because she's been taught to blindly respect authority. She's been taught that your elders need to be respected. So even though it's wrong, she just says yes, because that's what that's that's what that's what is taught um, you know, to children, to adults. That's what's taught to children. That's what we grow up thinking is to respect blind authority. And I think that also takes place in the church when it comes to elders in the church, when it comes to other figures in the church, when it comes to family members, is that folks blindly accept authority and we um, shame women when they when they tell their stories and they and they and they and they and they do talk about and they do speak out about assault. So it kind of just perpetuates, you know, the culture. So that's got what it. I'll say. Got it. Got it. Um, how do you think that this hashtag um, can help the church, even society as well, talk about sex in a healthier way? Anybody can answer that. Um. um yeah, Danica, you can go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think, honestly, the best way, we are doing one of the best ways to address issues, and that is we have to communicate. Because um, when we don't communicate, we perpetuate things. We never stir anything up. We never address things or bring anything to light. And I believe silence is the death of any possible solution and progress so the fact that this hashtag and we are in a day and age of social media where we're able to cause like cause a, a, a revolution per se in the past using just twitter and facebook this is one way that we can cause people to not no longer turn a blind eye to the issue we're talking about it we're having so many people come up and say you know i too have been addressed or I've been, um, I've experienced sexual assault. And in a human perspective, when you see the hashtag, and I remember a couple of weeks going through my, you know, social media and seeing the different women who would simply put, you know, the hashtag me too. And I knew that this person that I go to um, get coffee breaks with have experienced sexual assault. My teacher from the eighth grade, you know, had was a victim of sexual assault. What it does, it just shows you how 
you know, closely related and how close to home this issue is. Because the thing with people is like they have cognitive dissonance. If they, if they can't relate to it, it doesn't matter to them. So when you see people that you know and you run into every day that are close to you, victims, it causes you to start caring a little bit more deeper. And when people care about things, that's when they're moved um, to make a change or address the issue. So this hashtag really is opening up the platform for a discussion. If we're discussing it, we're talking about it, that's a step closer to a solution. Thank you so much for tuning into the first part of the church to conversation this is the first episode of the mini episode so it's going to be coming out for the next uh three weeks now so it's a four-week series it's be coming out once a week and still the new the other episodes will still be coming out too so you can be getting two episodes per week so thank you so much for tuning in next week is going to be part two and if you have anything to contribute shoot me a dm uh, leave a comment on instagram on facebook and just let me know your thoughts and yeah we can come up with a solution together to this because this is crazy all right y'all see you next week deuces you so much for listening to the planter podcast if you are absolutely loving the content that the planter is creating well go ahead and subscribe to the planter on itunes for more updates and staying connected with me you can also subscribe to the planter at theplanter.com so that's t-h-e-p-l-a-n-n-t-e-r.com to become a part of our community uh, you can find us on facebook at the planter community to stay connected with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow just like you And you can find The Planter on all social media handles at The Planter. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you on the next episode.